Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Dietrich Bonhoeffer Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the first episode of a mini-series I'm doing within my podcast series. And this is a very important mini-series. It is on a declaration of a vision for Christians today in the midst of the world that we are living. And the title, Barman Today, represents and references a historical document that was significant for the Christian church back before the start of World War II. Before I begin with this document and the history and an overview of it, I want to start with why this is essential. And I want to reference an article that I read just a little while ago today. Prior to this, just a quick note, and you'll find this in the show notes for this. I am now posting uh, episodes and supporting material for my episodes at a website, a blog that I started a while back relating to my teaching. And you can find this at edtechemergent, and you'll see how that's spelled in the um, uh, show notes. Again, that is edtechemergent, all one word, dot wordpress, one word, dot com. So the article today was from the Washington Post, and it was about the archbishop, the Catholic archbishop of San Antonio, Texas. His name is Gustavo Garcia Siller. And in the article, it talked about how on Twitter, the archbishop made a pretty important statement. And this is quoting from the article, and then it quotes from his Twitter statement. The article says, On Twitter, pleading for gun control so that more lives would not be wasted in vain after the mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton, Garcia Stiller, the archbishop, had another request for Trump. President, stop hate and racism, starting with yourself. And then the Washington Post article goes on to describe a video that Archbishop Garcia Stiller posted, and I will have a link to this that you'll find through that uh, EdTech Emergent WordPress site that I, I mentioned. Um, and this is from the pastoral letter against racism that the Catholic Church, the U.S. Catholic bishops specifically put out uh, not too long ago. And the quote is, every racist act, every such comment, every joke, every disparaging look as a reaction to the color of skin, ethnicity, or place of origin is a failure to acknowledge another person as a brother or sister created in the image of God. Now, this Washington Post article says a little bit later in the article, in contrast, that there are many Christians, specifically mostly white evangelical Christians who continue to support President Trump even as he makes these comments. And you'll remember these comments, things like saying that Elijah Cummings, Representative Elijah Cummings um, district in Maryland is, quote, rat infested, that the four um, freshman representatives, women of color, should go back to their country and other statements that Trump has made. 
Well, there was a quote in this article, this Washington Post article from Reverend Robert Jeffress, who is the pastor of the Southern Beth Baptist Megachurch, First Baptist Dallas, and he, quote by the article, maintained that Trump's rhetoric reflects politics rather than racism. And this is uh, Reverend Jeffrey's actual quote. He, Donald Trump, does not judge people by the color of their skin. He judges people on whether they support him. If you embrace him, he'll embrace you. If you attack him, he'll attack you. That's the definition of colorblind. Now, just as a side note, um, you know, there, there was nothing in that quote about um, unity or connection or um, being a bigger person when someone attacks you. Um, Reverend Jeffress seems to be um, supporting Trump and saying that the attacks that Trump makes on others are acceptable. So just an interesting um, support of verbal aggression and verbal violence that um, we hear coming from this uh, reverend. And the article closes, the Washington Post article closes with um, another quote. And I think it's, I'm not clear whether this is from the Archbishop Garcia Stiller himself or from um, the pastoral document on racism. But the article says, closes with, we must pray fervently for peace amidst all of the violence which seems to be overwhelming our society. We must be lights in the darkness. Well, there was another time in society, not in the United States, but in Europe, in Germany specifically. It was 1934, and Hitler and the Nazi party were rising. And the Church of Germany, the Protestant Church of Germany, Lutheran Church of Germany, was either actively or tacitly supporting what the Nazis were doing, their aggression, their racism, their hatred, their uh, anti-Semitism. And a group of church men and women got together in the city of Barmen, Germany, to put together a document which would oppose what the Church of Germany was doing in support of the Nazis, and most importantly, to state clearly what they stood for and how what the Christian message, the way of Christ, is over and against altogether wholly different than what this so-called Christian Church of Germany was doing. And this is from the uh, Wikipedia page. It says that they believed, this group writing the Barman Declaration, believed that the church had corrupted church government by making it, the Nazis, they had corrupted church government by making it subservient to the state and had introduced Nazi ideology into the German Protestant churches that contradicted the Christian gospel. And um, very well-known theologian, Protestant German theologian Karl Barth was the primary writer of the Declaration. And this Declaration became the main confessional document of what was called the Confessing Church. And there were three churches, Lutheran, Reformed, and United, that came together in the consensus with this document to oppose pro-Nazi German Christianity. 
And that's where Barman today comes from. And what I want to do in this um, mini-series is share with you the Barman Today document. And you can find a a whole list or a whole um, number of resources that explain it, as well as the document itself. It's it's not very long. It prints up on two uh, pages. And um, what I want to do is to uh, read it bit by bit, part by part, and then just offer a bit of reflection on the theology, on the gospel, on uh, on what examples, saints and other holy men and women, what we can take away from this document and how we can incorporate those of us who want to follow Christ in a way that is compassionate and loving and kind and peaceful and nonviolent, ways that we can incorporate the words of this document, of this statement, into our lives and into our politics. Because I believe very strongly, and the Catholic Church supports this in another document, on the importance, the essential nature of voting for American Catholics, that we must bring this type of view of Christianity into our politics as well. So that's really the purpose of, of why I'm doing this. And I appreciate your being here. I hope we can have a conversation about this. Again, the um, edtechemergent.wordpress.com site is a place where we can do that, as well as through the podcast. And um, I hope this is, um, is constructive and, and generative um, for us. So the document begins with the quote that I read from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I'm just going to read to you the um, introduction to this document. Friends, printed below is Barman Today, a contemporary contemplative declaration, a statement of common purpose in a time of dire common need. Barman Today expresses a resolute commitment to equality, dignity, and opportunity for each and every human being, no exceptions, offered in love and the belief that we humans are capable of more than we've achieved so far in fulfilling the spirit of each of our faith traditions, as well as the American dream of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all. We hope you will read Barman today and join us in support of it. It is our hope that you and others will gently thoughtfully and contemplatively share Barman Today with your friends. Talk about it. Post it in your office. Write about it. Discuss it in small groups. Incorporate it in your daily meditation and or prayer practices. It is our hope that you will help us move one soul at a time from a place of division, hatred, and discord to a place of greater awareness, understanding, and dialogue to a place loving and tolerant enough to include and transcend our many differences, to a place where we live united by our common humanity. Namaste, friends. And the signatories are numerous. Uh, Father Richard Rohr, one of my heroes, is one of them, as well as others who are um, noted as um, faculty and students of the Living School at the Center for Action and Contemplation which is uh, Father Richard Rohr's um, 
organization, institution um, out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I think I'm going to let that introduction stand for itself, as well as the other background and other information and thoughts that I've begun this mini-series with. And I would like to actually end with one more quote. And um, it is a quote from one of the many, many Democratic presidential candidates. And it is um, really the only one that I've heard so far now twice on the debate stage talk about faith, Christian faith specifically, faith that is loving and tolerant enough to transcend our many differences, to quote the um, last part of the um, introduction that I just shared with you. And my mentioning this quote and this candidate, I want to tell you, does not mean I am endorsing this candidate for president. It's too early to make a decision and too much still remains ahead of us. But in the first debate, Pete Buttigieg, mayor of um, South Bend, Indiana, who is a practicing, uh, apparently very seriously practicing Episcopalian, um, married to a man who is uh, a partner to him and uh, very much um, in support of his husband, uh, Mayor Pete, as he is often called. Mayor Pete said this on the debate stage. He says, in reference to the other party, um, the rivals to the Democrats, the GOP, Mayor Pete said, for a party that associates itself with Christianity to say that, and he was talking about harsh words towards immigrants, to say that God would smile on the division of families at the hands of federal agents, that God would condone putting children in cages, has lost all claim to ever use religious language again. Those were Mayor Pete's words in the first evening of debates. And I close with that because, again, I think it is absolutely critical in this time period that we have language and we have words that are based on not just the gospel, but the whole person of Jesus the Christ, the whole tradition within the church, and not just Catholicism, but other Protestant and Orthodox groups within the church, denominations that have had a commitment to peace, that have had a commitment to seeing and upholding the dignity of each and every human being. We have a responsibility to speak up, to stand up, and like Mayor Pete, to have the courage to call out places where Christ and Jesus and faith and religion are being used for violence and racism and hatred and are not being used in love. For Jesus himself said, there is only one commandment to love God with all your heart, mind, body, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So thank you so much for listening. Please check out that WordPress site edtechemergent, all one word, dot wordpress.com. And please continue to follow this feed, subscribe to it. Please rate this podcast. Haven't asked for that before, but do rate this if you'd like. And 
thank you for listening and please look to the next episode of this and my other podcasts. Christ's peace and blessings to you always.